2: PacersTalk.net. Pacer fans, welcome to another episode here of Setting the Pace on PacersTalk.net. I'm your host for today's show, Alex Golden. You can follow me on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA, but not joining me as the president of the Jermaine Neil Fan Club or the coach and the insider. I have two special guests with me today. And you guys might know them on Twitter as The Indie Pacer, but now you're going to actually get to know the voices behind The Indy Pacer. I'll introduce Oliver Gibson. First, Oliver, what's going on, man?
3: Hey, how's it going, Alex? Thanks for having us on. Um, super, super excited to join Setting the Pace podcast. We've been following you guys for a while now, and uh, super pumped to get to share some of our knowledge what we're about and um, talk Pacers.
2: Absolutely. And then, of course, on the other line, is the other half of Indy Pacer. It is Alec Ramsey. Alec, what's going on, man?
1: How's it going? Like Oliver just said, we are so excited to uh, be on the podcast finally, get to talk some Pacers. Obviously, there's been a lot going on this summer, so uh, we are definitely excited to uh, talk a little Pacers with you guys.
2: Absolutely. So before we even jump into what's happened this offseason, what you guys think of the team, you guys just launched a new website. Um, What is the website title, and what are you guys doing with all that?
3: Yeah, so it, it's very new. It's in its infancy stages. Uh to say the least. So our, our website is called the indypacer.com. Um some. and the idea behind this very simple. Yeah. And so <laughs> Yes. We are we're developing it as the weeks come. Our our plan is to be able to launch it um a couple weeks before the season starts. And so um we're going to have some blogs on there, some articles, some video content, uh, maybe a podcast or two on our end. Um, and then we're also gonna roll out some apparel here in the next couple of weeks. So some Nike dry fit shirts are coming out. Um so we're super, super excited to see where this goes. Um again, it literally just launched like two days ago. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it, but I it, think it's gonna be it's gonna be good.
2: Yeah, and I saw Mike Epps followed you guys on Twitter as well. That's pretty dope.
1: We Yeah, did. we got Mike Epps. That we does. got a follow from Mike Epps, you might know him as a uh, Doug from the hangover. Um The wrong the wrong Doug. The wrong Doug, but uh it was uh, pretty cool to get him to follow us. And then also Lara Overton gave us a follow, uh, the new Colts sideline reporter. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to see Mike give us a follow. Obviously, he's a huge Colts fan, huge Pacer fan. So it's it's cool to see those guys kind of getting involved. And uh, definitely shout-out to Mike Epps for the follow.
2: Absolutely. So if you guys you know, don't follow the Indy Pacer on Twitter, make sure you do that. And I want to let you all know that for Pacerstalk.net, you'll be seeing a little bit of Oliver and Alec there as well as we are going to be th- – teaming up, partnering up. I don't know how you want to say it, but basically we're going to be collaborating a little bit together. They're going to have a nice video web show, maybe an article every month just to kind of see how things are going. And they're going to be covering the Mad Ants as well. So I know that this Summer League team has been hot garbage. So... Hopefully we'll get to see a little bit. Hey, we're beating the
3: Raptors right now. We're up one point on the Raptors right now. Oh, so. good.
2: Well, this is the first game that we're actually in it. So uh, it's been pretty uh, been pretty awful. I'm not going to lie. Like, I tried to watch one of the other games this week against the Pistons, I believe it was. And after watching Holiday throw like five turnovers in like the first five minutes, I was like, okay, I, I don't want this image of Holiday going into the season. <laughs> I'm going to take yeah, this yeah. off. I just don't want it, to see this.
1: Here's my opinion.
3: So, so it's like, you know, the Colts back in the Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison days never win a preseason game. And they go out and they go 12-4, make the playoffs, might win a Super Bowl. So, hey, maybe they're taking that approach.
1: I don't know. Oh, that's, we haven't don't to know. the preseason yet. We'll see how they do with the preseason first. <laughs> <laughs> I think more people tune in to the Summer League. I know I did when Brogdon in his uh, press conference
4: right. um, in
1: Indy said that he was going to Vegas to work out with Victor Oladipo and watch the Summer League. I think people just tuned in to hear his interview. Kevin Pritchard. I know NBA TV was interviewing those guys. That intrigued me more than the actual game. So yeah, um, no, I'm sure no some Pacers sure. fans feel the same.
2: <laughs> well, let's since we brought it up, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, T.J. Warren, Jeremy Jeremy Lamb had their press conferences this week. I'll start with you first, Alec. What were your first uh, thought or what were your impressions from that from that press conference?
1: Yeah. So first off, Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, what can you? Where do you even start? I mean, what a way to introduce yourself to the city of Indianapolis. I mean, I don't think he could have said anything even better. I thought it was absolutely perfect. I mean, he talked about his personal life. He talked about the charity w- work he does for Hoops 2-0. Um, then he talked about how badly he wanted to join the Pacers coming out of Virginia. I right. mean, he, he was at a pre-draft workout saying to the Pacers, like, hey, please pick me. Yeah. So – it was kind of cool to see that, and the other thing that I took away that I thought was one of the most important things is he said that he didn't want to just go join a super team. He didn't just want to go join the big boys and collaborate with those guys, if you will. He he wants to be somewhere where they build something, build a culture, um, build from the ground up, so to speak, and he really was excited to play with Victor, and I really liked how he said, This is still Victor's team. This is Victor's franchise. I want to help him become an all-star every year. I want to help Miles Turner and Sabonis develop. I thought that was really cool, and I'm sure Pacer fans are going to love him, and he's going to sell a lot of jerseys, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think that he said everything that Pacer fans wanted to hear, and I told Fauci this on our last episode. You just felt it. You felt like he actually meant what he was saying, where some guys like Tyreek Evans just kind of like staring off, into the sky he's talking right so i mean it just brogdon didn't get the nickname the president for no reason i mean the guy was exactly you know (laughs) on point with every interview that he had and after you heard him the first time the next couple of or not next couple episodes but the next couple of interviews that he had (laughs) it almost became like routine so it's like man he's very political uh so so yeah i i love malcolm brogdon so much better than ricky rubio but Oliver, what was your take on maybe, maybe let's go a different route. Let's talk about TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb. What did you, th- you get from their press conference?
3: Um, so I wasn't sold on them as much as I was sold on Brogdon, but, you know, Brogdon obviously was our big landing point. Right. Um, you know, they kind of just seem to go through the motions a little bit, so to speak, but I think they're definitely going to be great assets for us. I think, you know, Brogdon is going to settle into the role of replacing Depot until he comes back um you know T.J. Warren is coming off a decent season out in uh Phoenix and then Jeremy Lamb I think one of his best seasons and so um I was impressed I mean I like both of them coming into our system and fitting um you know like I said wasn't as impressed but still enough to where it got me excited um so we'll see you know we'll see how they shape up and really settle into their respective roles uh on the starting five
2: absolutely I mean I thought that I heard more from T.J. Warren on Query and Schultz podcast than I did, you know, from the whole press conference. and
3: basically I like, I wonder like, almost well, who came first. You know, did Brogdon's interview come first? And they're like, well, I can't follow that one up. Or like, did they do this in separate? Because like, you almost like, they just didn't seem as like, I don't know, committed. Is that the right word?
2: Well, they did their Sunday. So Brogdon's yes. was the following day after. So I think they wanted to highlight Brogdon by himself without you know pairing him with those two because i think brogdon would kind of take away from those two as well because he was the big you know uh, addition but basically what what really took me by surprise with tj warren was he said that david west and him spoke a lot and that david west spoke with the pacers quite a bit before they got the deal done so he's really excited and he said david west will be in indiana quite a bit to watch him play so Pacer fans who are fans of David West, that's something to get excited about as well. So, you know, fit wise, we know they're both, they're all going to be starting, I believe. Yeah. They'll all be starting yep. while Victor recovering from his injury. So, with that starting lineup, do you think that they can maintain a decent record while Oladipo's out? Or do you think that they're going to struggle a little bit to find that go to scorer? I'll start this time with you, Oliver.
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think that's like probably one of the biggest questions Pacer fans have to ask themselves right now is. What is the first two, three months of our season going to entail? Um, In my opinion, I think we're going to be fine. I have faith in Brogdon that, you know, he was averaging stupid numbers in Milwaukee for a fourth or fifth option. He reminds me a lot of Aladipo over at OKC. And now this opportunity he's presented to him, we've given him, he's going to emerge, in my opinion. I think he is going to become an all-star in his own way. Um, You know, so I think as far as where they're going to sit, I wouldn't be surprised when Oladipo comes back, whenever that is, January, February, whenever he's coming back, if the Pacers are still a top-four team in the East.
2: Oh, wow. That's a bold prediction, That is. That is.
3: I would Um, still argue that. I would still argue that. I think they're solid. I mean, you know, depth's a question, but we got Brogdon commanding the point. You know, we got the two guys, you got know, Sabonis and Turner down low doing their thing. I think they're a, a, everyone sleeps on them every year, and they always continue to surprise us.
2: I, I think the schedule will be a big factor yes, in what happens, absolutely. because we still don't know what's happening. And last year, all of our Western Conference road trips were later in the season, which we obviously struggled down the stretch there, but I think it just kind of proved to the Pacers front office, yeah, we're probably not as good as our record looks with Oladipo out, because we are beating up on sure. some pretty bad teams, but... If we can get a lighter schedule at the beginning part of the season, I think that might be beneficial, but it also might be beneficial to play some really good teams at the beginning so that is back, he can kind of ease in against those weaker weaker teams, but it's all up in the air at this point, but Alex, what do you think about that starting five without Oladipo?
1: Yeah, so I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, I definitely am intrigued just on the standpoint of their numbers from last year, and I know obviously it's... You don't want to necessarily do that all the time, but just looking at it, Malcolm at 16 points a game, obviously was in the 50, 40, 90 club. That's huge. Um, Jeremy Lamb, like Oliver said earlier, had one of his – I think the best year he's had in the league at 15, 5, and 2. Then you had T.J. Warren, and I know a lot of people say, okay, T.J. Warren averaged 18 points a game in Phoenix. Like, anybody can do that. But you still had Devin Booker there taking a majority of the shots. And I don't care who you are, 18 points a game in the NBA – is 18 points a game i mean he's still you know i mean he's not like he's out there playing g league guys they're they're playing good competition i think i think it, those, those numbers still speak for themselves um like you said i think the schedule is going to be the determining factor in these right. first couple months without victor um, i honestly do like you said schedule was heavily backloaded with western conference teams to end the year last year um I don't know if I'm going to go as optimistic as Oliver, and I'm normally the more optimistic one uh, <laughs> when it comes to what seed they're going to be. <laughs> um, and, and it's kind of taking a back, back seat for me, but uh, I think they just have to be in there, right? If they're right. if they're in that, even if they're in that five, six, seven, eight seed, bringing back Victor Oladipo, I mean that changes everything, right? <laughs> I mean it, it doesn't take a genius to tell you once you get your best player back. Um, the one thing that I am curious to see is how Brogdon and Oladipo mesh together if that takes a little bit of time to get them kind of get the ball rolling in the right direction Um, their chemistry um, I know they are in Vegas currently already working out getting to know each other I think that's huge Um, definitely definitely curious to see how that goes but like I said I think it's just going to be based on that schedule to see you know what teams they're going to have for October November December and then obviously that timetable of, of when we get Victor back.
2: Yeah, what no, are you
3: guys, I, what are you seeing, Alex? What are you guys seeing over a set in the pace? I mean, you guys, you guys obviously are pretty involved and we've been doing this for a long time. What do you guys see in it projected to be?
2: Well, I don't want to speak for the other two guys, but for me and myself, <laughs> I, I definitely think that they're in that four to six tier. I think that Toronto is going to take a step back without Kawhi Leonard, obviously they've got a lot agree. of decisions to make because they have three expiring contracts coming up in Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul and Kyle Lowry what do they do with those? Do they trade them for picks? Do they try to rebuild, retool? I mean, they've got a good young core, so like it wouldn't shock me at all if they ended up getting in that four to six range as well, but right now, I think I have it with Milwaukee and Philadelphia taking the first two seeds, and I know everybody's like, oh, we're better than the Celtics with Oladipo healthy. That might be the case, because I do think they took a major step back, losing Horford and Kyrie. And You know, they did add Enos Cantor and Kemba Walker, but they're not the same level of talent as a Kyrie no. and an Al Horford. So right now I think regular season they might be pretty good. So I have them as a three, the Pacers at the four, Brooklyn at the five. I think I put Miami at six. Now the reason I did that as- is just, I just I like Jimmy Butler, but it's still a question mark what happens with Russell Westbrook because we don't know. No question. And if Westbrook does go to Miami, I still think six is a good seed for him just because <laughs> they're going to have to figure it out. And it would – put
1: joy and they're gonna have to give up a lot of pieces
2: i mean who well i mean i don't know about that it just depends i I mean maybe justice winslow that might be the biggest piece they have to give up but
1: yeah
2: i mean they want to get i mean really they don't have any picks to give okc but okc does own their picks so they could you know take the protection off of those picks as well to make that deal go through but if they can keep justice winslow i think that'd be beneficial but if they can trade justice and maybe Dragovich and James Johnson, something like that. Kelly Olynyk. I mean, Obviously Tyler guys.
1: Hero has emerged as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would, I would not trade Tyler Hero if I were the Miami no. Heat, because if right. you think about no. it, if you're, a, if you roll out Westbrook, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, I mean, that's a good solid four right there. Not no nothing special, nothing great, but I think that they could be competitive, nope. and it would bring joy to my <clears throat> my basketball world if. Somehow they got matched up with Philadelphia in the first round. I would love to see that, <laughs> yeah, just to see Russ and sure. Jimmy go against Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good things. So let's let's just talk about this since we're on this topic right now. Yeah. All the moves that were made in the Eastern Conference, a lot of a lot of changes. Do you like the changes? Did the East get better or did the East get a little bit worse because we had some main guys leaving their teams to join other Eastern Conference teams?
1: Yeah,
3: um, I think it brought more balance than anything. Yeah, I think now the the, the playing field is almost a little bit more level. Um, you know, I've I've projected, you know, Alex. I know you had the the Pacers at three or four. I think with you know because Alex and I have spoken about this multiple times. I've got Milwaukee at one. I think yeah. Milwaukee's still a solid team, even though they did lose um, Rogdon, I still think
2: and Miritich. Giannis is,
3: is, and Miritich nope. They're they're a good solid team. Um, right. I have the Pacers finishing second. I really do oh, in the East, boy. <laughs> and that's without a year. I think they're still going to be in the like I said, you know, top four, maybe top we'll, five. We
2: don't even know what Sabonis and Turner will look like playing next to each other. Alex, that's our biggest concern. Rarest,
1: this is the rarest occurrence I've known Oliver my, since I was three years old. I've never seen this man more optimistic. I mean, me my I love life. the optimism, but a two seed. I mean, that's
2: really pushing it, in my opinion. And, and, and <laughs> here's
1: why.
3: Okay, I don't think I mean, Boston. Boston I, okay, here's my thing with Philly. Philly is a massive team this year. You know, they're 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 from six six. I think the shortest guy six six up to six eleven. They're seven foot with Embiid. Um, is Embiid seven foot? I don't even know how tall he is. Yeah, yeah he is. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but, but anyway, this me and Al had this debated heated discussion. <laughs> if you're Philadelphia. Who's going to take the final shot in a game-time decision?
2: Um, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Josh Richardson, anybody but Ben Simmons. Probably. Brick,
3: brick, brick. I mean, <laughs> like, in my opinion, it's like, let's compare apples to apples. Like, the Pacers matchup, yeah, they might be smaller, but I just feel like the Pacers, they're going to fly way or do their thing, and then Vic's going to come back and put the icing on the cake. I did just, you, I don't know.
2: Did you watch Tobias Harris for the Clippers last year? Be honest with me
3: a little bit. He was West Coast. I didn't watch him
2: that Right. Much. I mean, it's tough to watch some late games, but I mean, if you saw yeah. they ran their offense through Harris and he was taking their, you know, you know, clutch shots at the end of the game. So, with Jimmy Butler there, Jimmy Butler was the guy that was going to be given the ball because he was their best go-to score. He was better than Tobias Harris, don't get me wrong. I think they did lose that element, but Joel Embiid, no I think I think the biggest thing with Embiid is his health. They're not going to play Agreed. him in two games. They're going to try to hold him back. But we're underrating Al Horford. I know that he doesn't put up sexy numbers and that he flinches on every rebound off a free throw, but what I'm telling you (laughs) about Al Horford is this guy is extremely smart. The offense will run through him so much, and similar to Boston, I think they will find ways to to score, and I think that it will be a little bit more of a controlled environment and not so toxic because there were some issues there with the young guys and Kyrie Irving, so he won't have that this year. This, This team prioritizes their young guys and Ben Simmons. And Joel Embiid, Horford knows that going into it, he's just going to be that solid vet for him. They're my number two seed, so that's why I think they'll be better than the Pacers, just because they're going to be healthy from from scratch and yep, they they, they just have more guys that can put the ball in the basket. So a little bit more defined team right there. So okay, I'm I'm sorry for interrupting there, but who's your who's your third seed?
3: <laughs> um, so third seed, so Milwaukee one, Pacers two. I got Philly coming in at three. Okay. So not not too different, and then Boston four. Okay. Yeah, I got Raptors coming in at five. Okay. And Brooklyn, Brooklyn at six, nice. and my surprise team this year, I'm going to say the Detroit Pistons at seven. At seven or eight, I think Orlando and Detroit will kind of be back and forth there. I think. So really. you don't I'll have
2: Miami there. making it.
3: I don't think Miami's got the piece. Jimmy Butler, he's going to have to score 40 points a game.
2: I, I mean, they're I think underestimating them and and Sure. <sighs> I, yeah, I, suppose still there. <laughs> I mean, who did they? Who did they lose from last year's team?
1: Yeah, you lose D Wade. You lose. Okay, Josh which, Richardson. Right. I mean, no, I'm with you. And then and he they he lost Whiteside, side, but he didn't want to be side. there anywhere.
2: He didn't want to be there anyway. Yeah. So I mean, really, you got Bam Adebayo, who is a fantastic center in that in that an system. Incredible athlete. I was hoping that the Pacers would get him in that draft. I was no surprised question. he went so early. You got Jimmy Butler. I think Goran Dragic is a fine point guard. Justice Winslow did a good job playing point.
1: And Tyler Hero is going to play a lot of minutes. I mean, I know. think
2: they have a solid roster. I think it's better than Detroit's overall, especially if you look at the depth of it. Because outside of Detroit, starting five, I mean, who do you got? Tony Snell coming off the bench? I mean, that's not going to do anything for <laughs> <Yeah>. you. So, <laughs> you know, they've, they've got Reggie Jackson, who nobody wants. They've got Andre, Andre Drummond, who's fine he's a fine heard, center yeah you got blake yeah, griffin jose were,
3: calderon who's gonna put his decent numbers in right every, blake yeah. griffin
2: yeah six points three assists they signed marquise morris
3: or they got marquise morris on there okay well one detroit's, for, just, for um, detroit's just
1: one of those teams detroit's derrick rose one
3: don't forget about Derek rose <laughs> all right
1: <laughs> hey, <laughs> just, just saying
3: <laughs> hey, this is a 2011 wake you, up is, oliver <laughs> I'm you, hey, he scored 51 movie. last year. Don't sleep on him.
2: Yeah, oh, it was I emotional. Should. It was cute. But where did the <laughs> Timberwolves finish <laughs> outside the playoffs? So, all right, can we get to the
1: real list here, please?
2: All right, Gentlemen. I'm sorry. You're holding back, Alec. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> yeah, what all do you right. got?
1: Okay, so I got the Bucks at one. Um, yeah, obviously they lose Brogdon Miritich. And I think Miritich underrated. I think he's a great player. So I think that's a that's a pretty key loss for them because he stretches the floor for them and can shoot the three uh, decently well. Yeah. Um, So I still got them finishing at one. I have Philly at two. Like you said, I think Philly's still good. I did say that Philly. I still think needs a shooter. I've heard a lot of that. Obviously, Tobias Harris is a good shooter, but the rest of those guys are kind of inconsistent shooters. Right. Obviously, Embiid is not a perfect guy from three. He's still trying to hone in on that. Al Horford can step out and hit the three, but it's not. It's not considered a knockdown three-point shooter. You know, they do lose JJ Redick, who was their knockdown three-point shooter. and I think they kind of overpaid for Tobias. I think he's a solid player, but I mean, what was it, 105 million? I mean, that's a lot of money oh, that's to way spend more than on that,
2: him. I think was it? I, I can't I remember.
1: It was was tr- it a five-year deal it, or a four-year deal? I think it was a four-year deal, but I I'll still think they're going to be good. Like they said, like Oliver said, though, they're huge. They're a giant. Has team. Ben
3: Simmons ever made a
1: shot outside the paint? He doesn't no. even shoot him. He doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't. shoot them No. So, it, so I do see what Oliver's saying from that perspective. But I'm just, I still think, you know. They're they're still so dominant that that they're gonna you know they're gonna put up a good record. So I got them. Do at you three. have them at two? Yeah, I got
3: Philly uh, at two. No,
1: um,
2: he signed a five year, one hundred eighty
3: million dollar contract. Geez. Tobias did uh, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I mean, don't you think that's?
1: That. I mean, that's that's crazy. We'll so, see. I
3: mean, who knows? Maybe he shows out this year, and then we'll be like, yeah. oh, idiots, it was worth it.
2: Yeah, no, they'll, they'll probably trade him. Is what's going to happen because everybody trades <laughs> Tobias Harris. Right. <laughs> we talked about that um, on the last podcast, but it's just how I feel. <laughs>
1: No, it's true. He's been moving all over. Um, so, so he got can't right game-winning shots. This is where it gets interesting because I think 3, 4, and 5, complete toss-up. Like I last think, year. I think Indiana, Boston, and the Nets are 3, 4, and 5. Now, I think
3: Brooklyn would be that good.
1: But I just think it's because other teams took a step back. And, like, I have the Nets ahead of the Raptors, Heat, and the Pistons. So I just think it's almost I
2: mean, you all like are sleeping a ball. on the, magic.
1: Uh, the I think magic. The magic are going to be good too. I really do. I think they're going to be a great team. I make like could... just a
3: few wagers every now and then, and I did never like to bet <laughs> against the magic. It no, killed me every I think, single time. I
1: think they they're a are solid sleepy team too. I, I I could see them sliding in to even the six or seven sleep, seven seed, but that three, four, and five, like you said, just like last year. I mean, what Indiana finished a game behind Boston. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be super close. I just don't know. Talking about the Pacers, I don't know how we're going to be without Victor. I, I honestly don't. I, I hope. Obviously, I'm a diehard Pacer fan. I, I hope it does work out. But I don't know if we're better than Boston without Victor. You know, right. and in Boston, like you said, Al Horford totally underrated. Um, you lose Kyrie. I don't know. I mean, you add Kemba. I think that almost is a wash. To yeah, be honest, it's close. It's close. Um, it's close, right.
2: I, so I said I that got, I think Kimba on the Celtics is better than Kyrie on the Celtics just because you're not going to so have too. the ego
1: issues. Agreed. I, I, I think so, too. So I got Indiana, Boston, and the Nets. And you know what? I can see the Nets falling back farther than that. People have blown up on them. But if you look at Kyrie's stats and D'Angelo's, they were almost identical as well. Right. So And then and the Nets went, what, 40 and 42 last year? I mean, so that's nothing special yeah. either. So, I, mean, I I think
2: what the Nets have, though, is they've made some nice moves as well. I think adding a guy like DeAndre Jordan off the bench is better right. than what they had last year. I get right. that. Garrett, Garrett yep. Temple is another solid vet that yeah. I like that they They do added lose Demari
1: Carroll. I really like Damari Carroll. I mean, they
2: lost a lot of their guys. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, they lost to yeah. Davis, Damari Carroll, D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell. But, I mean, they still have Karis LeVert, they, who got injured again last year, but when he came back was probably their best right. player. They've got no Spencer Denwitty. they've got Joe Harris. I mean, I think that they're a fine team. And I do too. I think they'll be able to adapt more to Kyrie than the Tatums and the Rogiers because the whole playoff situation from last year where the Celtics made it, or two years ago when the Celtics made it yeah. to the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7 without Kyrie, Yeah. And they, then they bring Kyrie back and he's trying to tell them what to do. They're just like, nah, right. dude, we did it without you. <laughs> so. and, and that's why right. we have the
1: net. That's That's why I have the Nets ahead of the Raptors and the Heat, because I do think they've built some good pieces. And I think the Raptors might take quite a bit of a step back from last year, obviously. I mean, you lose Kawhi, you lose Danny Green. That's huge pieces now. What their go-to guy next year, and I have all due respect for him, but Pascal Siakam's your guy now, right? Him and Kyle Kyle Lowry.
3: Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Uh, I'd still say they're going to build
2: around Siakam because he's a young guy. Him and Van Vliet. yeah, so that's Van why Fleet.
1: I have the that's why I have the Raptors behind the Nets in Boston, you know? So I think those teams just take a step back. Um but I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be I think I think 3 through 5, maybe even 3 through 6. I mean, pull yeah. a team out of a hat, I mean, honestly.
2: It's it's going to be so, a toss-up because we don't really know what's going to happen with the schedule. We don't know what's going to happen with the Pacers without Oladipo. How do all these totally new great. guys fit with their new teams? I mean, that's the thing that is overlooked is It's going to take time for all these players to adjust to one another. That's why the Pacers, you know, that continuity they had last year really helped them, and I think it just, you know, they were more confident with what they were wanting to do compared to, you know, some of these teams that have a lot of new faces. So it'll be intriguing Mm -hmm. to see what happens going forward. So let's just kind of close it out with a couple things here. First things first, you guys mentioned this, that you're a little bit skeptical about that Pacers' depth we do know that tj mcconnell has agreed to a contract but he has yet to sign it there's still that room exception which is around 5.5 5.8 5, $5. million dollars are the pacers done making moves or do you think they're in the market to maybe go out there and do something and whoever so, wants to start go first
1: <clears throat> yeah so i've been talking to oliver about this um there's still some guys out there that i think can help this team um especially at that backup four spot i think that's the most talked about alex i think you can agree with that that's kind of the uh position that everybody is kind of debating obviously as of right now it stands our boy uh, tj leaf um is slotted in those minutes are
2: you claiming him as your boy now so we can officially say (laughs) alec Ramsey's boy tj Leaf. (laughs) yeah who's that
1: (laughs) Um, unfortunately unfortunately no i'm not going to claim that one um i think that is the spot that we can uh find some depth at because unfortunately he's just not panned out I mean, he's gotten the opportunities. He has gotten spot minutes, and I just have not seen – I don't think anybody has seen what they thought he would develop into. Um, You're
3: telling me 3.4 points per game and 1.9 rebounds, isn't that
1: good? <laughs> no. He hasn't I, got a chance.
2: Think. Come on, Oliver.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Oliver's the, the most the optimistic one. one. Let's start him at the four instead.
2: Yeah, some <laughs> bonus off the bench.
1: I want to win games. Um, no, but – Trey Lyles is still a name out there. Um, I think. I mean, he's from India. he had a pretty good season in eighteen nineteen. Obviously, didn't play as well um, this year, but in that eighteen nineteen season, he averaged nine and four in seventeen minutes. I mean, th- that's not too bad. Uh, Justin Holiday's still out there. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool to see him play with his brother in the second unit. Okay, um, so if
2: we add Justin, what does that do for that power four position?
1: Right, really and so see, that's right. back to square one. Right, open. exactly, and that, and then you're back to square one. That's why I think the names uh, have kind of been that I've Kenneth jotted Farid. down here: Kenneth Fareed, Jonas Durebko. I think can play a uh, the stretch four, and Jurebko Trey feels
2: like the perfect pacer player, doesn't he? Do you do you like he him? Does. Up, doesn't he?
1: I mean, he's okay. I mean,
3: <laughs> he's the next Jeff Foster. Well,
1: he's Alex. A, what do you think? Do you well,
2: think Trey? Do you think? Here's what I'll say: I I, yeah. I posed this question to Dan Dacha today on a show talking about Trey Lyles, I said, okay, can you ask Seth Greenberg, who is very, you know, in the know about NBA guys and development. Right. And Dockage kind of mentioned it too. It's just like Trey Lyles has a talent, but he hasn't really put the work in to become that good of a player. So it's one of those things where I just don't really know if I like the character of Trey Lyles. Do I feel like he – and I never really liked Trey Lyles coming out of – Kentucky either because he was yeah. in that same realm of possibilities for the Pacers to draft when they took Miles Turner. There was right. Devin Booker right. in that same area. There was also a point guard Cam uh, Campaign who was in that uh, same draft class. Donovan
1: Mitchell was in that. Mix no, he as well. was a year after, I believe. Oh, was he?
2: Yeah, he was the year that okay. um, Jason Jason Tatum and all of them got drafted. So okay. this was the year okay. before that. So right. we had Devin Booker. You had. Uh, Trey Lyles, you had campaign who went to OKC, and then you had Miles Turner yep. in those in those four. That's after Justice Winslow fell down to ten. This was the yep, calling right. of Towns year. so yep. just just a really interesting you know <laughs> interesting topic to discuss because there's not a lot of names left out there, and no, I know Bill Simmons calls Jonas Rebko Swedish laybird, Bird, so <laughs> it just it just feels <laughs> like a uh, you know it feels like a he very did. nice pairing. So I I don't I, I'm not really sure what they should do. My initial thought was, hey, maybe we could get Jamichael Green, somebody I really was high on, with like the Clippers. And yeah. I, I thought mm-hmm. maybe we could offer him more than $5 million and do like a sign in with, so. with McDermott. But it right. didn't happen. So I'm just kind of sitting back and waiting. I mean, if they want to start Leaf, I tried to be optimistic about it on last episode that we did. I said, look, yeah. if they want to play Leaf in those backup four minutes, maybe it'll help a stock. Maybe he'll play well. I mean, we really That's don't true. know until he's given an opportunity. But I think right. I've seen enough of them to be over it. You know what I mean. So yep. it's one of those things where I'm just kind of like waiting and seeing what happens because they could make a trade for somebody. I mean that's not out of the realm of possibilities either. Because nope, not you at never all. know what teams getting you know gonna want to get off their guy. And so one of the trades I put out in last episodes was a uh, podcast was McDermott and Leaf to the to the Hornets for Marvin Williams' who's an expiring contract. Love and that. Do you guys like Marvin Williams? I know a lot of fans are like, oh, that's not much of a difference. But I think Marvin Williams would be a bigger upgrade than TJ
1: Leaf. So I think Marvin Williams would uh, rather be teammates with Miles Turner than getting absolutely rejected <laughs> at the rim. If right. Hey, yeah. yeah. fans, remember that absolutely massive block on Mar- Marvin Williams. Uh, so he might prefer being teammates with Miles Turner. But I think I think he's almost like a, a better Jonas Jurebko,
4: yeah. you know,
1: more athletic, can still shoot the three. Um, he's still going to give you those stretch. Yeah. Still going to give you those stretch four minutes. I, I, I I love that. I think he, and he'd be a good fit. You know, he'd be a team player. He's not going to go out there and take, take a majority of the backup shots. Like he's going to be a team player. And I like his athleticism and I've always liked having guys that can come off the bench, but still have the capability to shoot the three. I think that's something we've missed in the last couple seasons is, we we haven't had consistent three point shooters, you know, coming off the coming off the bench. I mean, we tried it with CJ Miles. I thought he was inconsistent. We've tried it with some of these guys and it just it just hasn't clicked. And I think we have to find those guys that can come in, know their role, make shots, defend, you know, play yeah. team pace your basketball and that's that's kind of what we're building.
3: I think more than anything, what the Pacers need right now is as as young as they've become now. I mean, their average age now is what, like 24 and a half, something, something ridiculous like that for their top players? Yeah, super So, young. like, we need we need a veteran in there. We need someone that's going to hold down that locker room. You know, I, I heard Fauci mention the other day on your guys' podcast, like, a Vince Carter. Like, that would be kind of cool <laughs> to said that we need
2: a veteran about 30 times on that episode. I went back and listened to it. Every person went in, he's like, I'm going to say it again, another veteran presence. And I was like... God, I love Fauci. He, he, he me, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about Vince Carter. I, I think, think he's about,
3: I think about two is. years away from collecting Social Security. But, I mean, we need, like, a <laughs> Kenneth Farid, someone who can still go out there and, like, perform a little bit. You know, I think, I don't know, My a, feet a feet veteran, feet someone just like a, a solid rock to hold down that and teach the young guys how to, you know, progress through this league and go through the, the motions of the hard times. And,
1: and that was Thaddeus Young last year. Yeah. He was our glue guy.
2: And the thing that I like about Williams, too, which I know this is probably not going to happen, but I'm just kind of saying it hypothetically. It's like
1: the thing about
2: Williams is he started a lot of games for the Hornets. So if Sabonis Mm -hmm. or Turner, who have had injury problems, get hurt, he could slide into that power forward position. It gives him sure. depth at the power forward position, which I really don't have. Because then you
1: got him and Warren, right? You right. You have them two. I mean, yeah. Warren's
2: going to be playing the three a lot this year because we don't really have right. any threes either. That's our problem. But he
1: can play the four. So, Warren, you need those guys that are versatile, that can that can move positions, and are comfortable doing that, right? And I, I mean, think, it's tough. Well, that's
2: why I'm wondering what kind of rotation we see from McMillan. Because if he does go to a nine-man rotation and leaps on the outside yeah. looking in, you'll have Goga right. playing that. Center position, but they Set. could they could insert maybe if even if okay. So you mentioned Jason Holiday, right? I think he's big yeah. enough to play some s- small forward position, right? Right. So if your right. if your nine man rotation is the starting five when Victor's back, and then your bench yep. is Lamb, both the Holiday brothers and Goga, you could play yeah. Warren Sabonis and Turner those minutes at the four when you're you know trying to get guys no some question. rest. So right. it's it's one of those things where you don't necessarily have to attack that, but. I think it right. would just be beneficial for some depth, especially if you're playing a big team like Philadelphia. And we've noticed what's happened before; they get in foul trouble.
4: You know, yep. then you're going to yep. throw yeah, Gobert sure. to
2: the Wolves out there against Embiid oh. and Horford, and you're, you're going to get a lot really. of fouls. Now you're going to put Warren yeah. out there on centers. I mean, come on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. I think what I, I think What it boils down, I think what it boils down to, and I hear what you're saying. Like, has Leaf gotten enough minutes to prove something? I think so, Alex. I kind of agree with you there. But I'm looking like if you had a list of names, let's go TJ Leaf, Trey Lyle, I'll even throw Justin Holiday in there, Kenneth Fareed, Jonas Drebko. Are you picking TJ Leaf as your backup if you've got a list of those names? I don't think a lot of people are. You know, I, 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 I really don't.
2: I think Oliver would rather have uh, Alizé Johnson. <laughs> yes.
1: Alizé,
3: he's my boy. He's got to bring his G League game up to the NBA. I mean, he averages 19 and 13 in the G League, and he's just a hustler. And he goes to the NBA. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what Alize does this year, but I've got faith in him.
2: I mean, he could that's be a scrapper. Say. I mean, who knows? He, if, they I mean he him, is. if they gave him a legit chance, I'm not saying like, oh, I want to bank on that, but I think right. every once in a while, maybe if like they weren't playing a bigger team, you know, you want to throw somebody out there just try to go out there and change the the pace of the game because you need he's going to come gonna in gonna
3: like, Lance, like Lance Stevenson used to fill that role, right? He would come in, disrupt the other team, and then leave. He would play. Right. Minimal minutes, minimal. But originally, and then you know, I think Alize can kind of come in and be that like scrappy yeah, spark plug yep. that comes in and just disrupts that offense, gives the starters the break, and then they come back in and you know put the hammer down. So
1: I think that's what they're kind of waiting for. I think they're waiting for Alize to know. kind of break out because I will say his jump shot is. In need of major improvements. And I think on a side note,
3: I think he looks like Jimmy Butler's younger brother. Take a look at that image. It is hilarious. I was looking at a work today. I was like, (laughs) there is no way. Like, this is Jimmy Butler.
2: (laughs) Well, who do you think has a better shot, Michael Kidd Gilchrist or Alizé
3: Johnson? I mean, come on now. (laughs) I mean, probably Kidd Gilchrist.
2: Oh, gross. Have you seen his form?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's Oliver. The last time you saw him live, It was Uh, a G-League. Watford was knocking down a a shot for the win.
3: Oh, yeah,
2: for real. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice.
3: Well, Well, okay. The the one thing I want to see is is, before we move on is that I I want to see McMillan give Turner an opportunity to stretch the floor a little bit and shoot some more threes. I I think that's going to open up Sabonis to develop his offensive game Uh a little bit more, or defense, excuse me, his game a little bit more. But, you know, Turner's a great three-point shooter for his size. And uh, if if he can stretch the floor a little bit, that's going to open up a lot of opportunities for our offense to move the ball around.
2: Okay, so let me ask you this now that we're on this subject, because this is one of the last things we're talking about as well. And I skimmed over it when I was looking over our notes, and I totally forgot to bring this up. But Sabonis, extension eligible this year. What do you guys think that he'll get? We talked about this on our last podcast, but I want to get your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so Oliver and I were talking about this a little bit as well. So this is tough. It is, because the Sabonis-Turner experiment, It I don't want to say it's a turning point for the Pacers, but it kind of is, right? Right. I mean, if this experiment works, I mean, Kevin Pritchard, Nate McMillan, those guys look like geniuses, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why did we not do this when we first got Sabonis in the trade? Like, why have we not been doing this all along? Um, I think it can work. I think a couple things have to change. I think Sabonis... Has to improve defensively, has to. I mean, he's being a being a seven footer, six eleven, what have you, playing the four position. And I'll just use Draymond as an example. I mean, he's going to have to be guarding the Draymonds of the world, right? The smaller power forwards. I mean, he's going to be assigned to them on the defensive end, barring any kind of weird zone or what you know that they might play. But Sabonis, his lateral quickness, like he's going to have to. Really, really improve on the defensive side of the ball for this to work. Now, can it be a huge advantage on the offensive side? Absolutely. Because then you've got smaller guys guarding him in the post, and Sabonis lives in the post. I mean, that's where he makes his living, rebounds and, you know, backing guys down with the little jump hook. And that's where it gets – that's where it gets – where you come into – My extension. opinion, I mean,
3: you almost kind of – I know he's a fan favorite. I'm going to play devil's advocate here and go unrealistic sort of again. But you kind of have to like leverage this guy to let him develop, and he becomes a trade asset. Because we just signed Turner last year for a four, million, 4 year extension. You cannot pay both these guys for probably what Sabonis might be worth,
1: because
3: you're giving up more opportunity. So, like,
1: what's that number, so we, Alex? Eighteen million? Is he worth eighteen? Seventeen?
2: I mean, he was pretty impressive last year off the bench. But I that's know the thing. It's no just, question. It's honestly like it just depends on what kind of style they want to play. You know, right? I, right. right? Totally agree and i think they're going to experiment this i i think i came to the consensus of i would give him the same contract as turner so you weren't saying hey we think turner is better or hey we think sabonis yep. is better because if you so, if you overpay sabonis or if you yeah. pay sabonis more than you pay turner then that's going to drive the narrative oh they value sabonis more than turner or if they No question him, what's
1: t- Yeah that's the
2: same thing you will say for
1: that. So, and turner's what? At eight, 18 million a year?
2: Yeah, 18 million a year for the, and i think we Fachi said he has a chance to get eight million dollars in incentives with like all star okay. games and stuff like that. So basically, he right. kind of mentioned doing the same thing for Sabonis. But yeah. I mean, the nice thing about bigger contracts is they're easy to trade. Right now, no the like biggest problem for the Pacers is like if they want to make a trade to get somebody that's valuable, Turner is probably the best contract to move. Yeah, and right. people are like, you got the
1: most, yeah. You know.
2: Well, he's got $18 million and he's got value. He's young. so he's, No he's question. In, and he's locked up for the next four years because we just extended him. So, it, you know, yep. it's one of those things where teams are like, oh, we got him guaranteed four years. That's why the Pelicans really wanted him. And we were looking at, you know, Drew Holiday and maybe moving up for the mm. number four. But it just yep. didn't really pan out that way because they didn't really want to invest too much in a draft where they felt like it was a top three draft. So, in all honesty, I mean, I'm, I'm completely fine with paying them both and letting it play out. So mine. And letting it see what happens because if these two, like you guys mentioned, are a good, you know, duo down low, then you don't have to you move. Look either like
3: geniuses, of them. yeah. And, and what if they aren't though? That's like let's let's uh, let's look at the other side. What if they well, aren't? If they're,
2: well, if they're not. And you extend some bonus, Well, then who do you keep? Who do you keep? It if you had on to pick? You if, you, well, if, Alex,
3: <laughs> you had, if you had to pick one guy, see, I'm the one, one asking guy. the
2: questions right now, Oliver. I'm going to yeah. flip the script. Hey, yeah. Well, here's what I would say. In my personal opinion, I think you'll get more for Miles Turner than you would for Sabonis. I
4: would So agree.
2: if you're looking at getting more in return, then I would say trade Turner. But if you're looking for, hey, we like our defensive team with Brogdon and Oladipo on the wings, with Turner backing them up, that's pretty nasty defensively. So no question. you look to trade Sabonis and see what you can get in return. But if the return for Sabonis is not what you feel is equal or greater value, then you're kind of stuck because you don't want to sell Sabonis and get 50 cents on the dollar because he's a stud. And wherever he goes, I think he's going to be a plug-and-play guy right away, no matter what team he goes to. So personally, like I'm more usually a Sabonis over Turner guy just because I think Sabonis is overall uh, more well-rounded. I think that Turner is a better defensive player. I think that McMillan's offense kind of restricts Turner from being the player that he strives to
3: be. He's a little more athletic than Sabonis as well.
2: Yeah, but here's what I'll tell you this. If Turner is as great as Pacer fans believe he is, then McMillan's offense wouldn't hold him back. There's obviously something there. And Sabonis is a better rebounder. They run the offense through Sabonis way more than they do Turner. So I Great off
1: the pick and roll. He's he's Great amazing off roll. the
2: dribble handoff. He's probably their best passer yep. right now, to be honest with you. No question. So it's one of those things that's just like, how how are you going to evaluate this? What do you want? And I think that's why I'm intrigued by what Sabonis and Pritchard come to in a term of agreement with their contracts. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of see where they value him at. But in all honestly, I'd love for those two guys to work. I know that I throw out Turner as possible trade chips and certain things I talk about. People like, Oh, you just want to trade Turner. It's like, no, I just want to get value back. I just want to get another player because if we can get a star level power forward or a star level small forward to pair with Brogdon and Oladipo Depot and you have to get rid of Turner, then I say
3: Title title contention.
2: Yeah. It just matters what you get back. I mean that's what it's all about. I and hope as far because if they can make
3: the these two big yeah. men's system work, it's going to be dangerous. I, I, I think it'll be very dangerous. But, it, it could you be. You've always got to look at the other side.
2: It could be, and I'm excited to see how Sabonis grows defensively, because I think last year we saw like, Sabonis knew where he was supposed to be. He was in the right area. He couldn't get there. He couldn't get there. I mean, he knew what he was trying to do, and I think maybe if he just gets a little bit quicker. I don't yep. even think he needs to lose weight. Just that lateral quickness no. needs to be a little bit better.
1: So, And that's what I'm saying. And you did. know what? We got Dan Burke. All defense. That's Oh boy. <laughs> hopefully our boy Sam Burke can work with him, but no. I uh I'm intrigued by it. I really hope, like you said, I just hope Sabonis a little lighter on his feet. Um, just defensively. That's I think that's the only question mark. I really do. I think yeah. his jump shot's fine. He's got a good mid range game, and then obviously his back to the basket game is great. So we shall Definitely see. Intrigued. We, shall, we see. shall see.
2: All right, guys. Well, we saw that Yahoo Sports gave the Pacers free agency moves a C. <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts on the Pacers offseason moves overall? What grade would you give them? So I'll start
1: with you first, Alec. Okay. Yeah, save, hey, save the biggest optimist in here. Save him for last. Let him give the A plus, OG, plus baby. offseason moves. <laughs> yeah.
3: OG going to come in with a high grade.
1: So I saw, the, I saw that Yahoo post. They gave us a C. And, and I tweeted off the Indy Pacer, and I said, we will see you in the playoffs. So,
2: oh, wow, that's terrible. The, <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, I just had to do it. I mean, they gave the Knicks a C plus. Yeah, okay. Well, that means we I can't mean, trust them on.
2: at all, credibility-wise. No,
1: and I think they gave the Warriors a D plus. I mean, jeez. So I, I, I'm just going to go with a B. A B, so B, a B. B plus in that range. Getting Brogdon, I mean, you, we heard what Kevin Pritchard said. He said it's an epic day for the franchise. Like, this is this is a day that is going to oh – I mean, he basically said go down in history. Like, And I agree with him. It's a huge acquisition. I saw the comparisons. He's probably the biggest acquisition we've got since what? They compared it to getting David West? Yeah. I mean, so I, I'm with him on that ship. So I say B, B-plus range. Um, and I really like Jeremy Lamb too. I mean, coming off his best year um, – I, I just think these pieces are going to mesh well, and I think that's what makes good offseason moves. Yeah, it's great to get all these these guys, but will they play well together? Will they work together? Will they gel together? And I think this group can't. I think Brogdon and Oladipo together in the backcourt, first off, I think that could be one of the best defensive backcourts in the NBA. I oh, think you can sure. make that argument. So, so I'm going to go with B, B. B pl- yeah, no question. I think, I think that B, B-plus range for them – uh brogdon lamb warren and then to be determined who or if we add something else or like you said put a little trade together maybe maybe get your guy marvin williams we will see so as of right now i'll go with the uh b plus and i'll throw it over to mr optimist and wait for his a plus uh rating no i'm i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna be over
3: optimistic on this one, but I- i'm gonna go with a solid b plus here i think you know, the Pacers finished second in the central last year. They were fourteen games above five hundred. Milwaukee blew it out of the water. Um, and they only added good pieces. Yes, they lost their franchise player, Victor Oladipo. but they replaced them with three solid guys. And you have Victor I mean, excuse me, Malcolm Brogdon coming in as I mean, he's deemed as the president. I mean, how badass of a nickname is that? Like <laughs> if I want a guy named the president, he's on my team. And then you've got you got TJ Ward,
2: he's coming for yes. your job.
3: Exactly. (laughs) And then you got Warren and Lamb, and you got Miles only getting better and Sabonis developing. It's like, how can you give us a C rating? So, in my head, you gave me a C. You're saying we're not getting any better. Tell me how that makes any sense. No. So, you know, to me, like Alex said, we've got a backcourt, you know, as far as uh, freaking, you know, let's let's compare the backcourt. You've got Kemba up in Boston, you know, defense terrible. Kyrie, defense not that great. Lowry I mean, Simmons are not even close to the level of, the, of coming into their prime as Depot was. You know, it's foreseen what he's going to be when he comes back. Um, you've got Jimmy Butler, who's probably going to be the best overall guard in the East, yep. I would say, when it's all said and done. And then you've got Brogdon and Aladepo. Like, give me a better backcourt. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. So, I, I think sure. a solid B-plus, you know, will they win 55 games? Probably not. Not
2: this but year, I maybe next sure
3: no, Maybe next I think year. next year. I think they're going to be right, right in that number. 45 to 50 wins this year, but they're going to be a better team than they were last year all around.
2: Yeah. So what was your grade? You didn't give me a grade. Hard B+. Plus. Hard B+. Plus. And Alec, you're a can't, hard can't B+. can give mine. So
1: I mean, can you yep. copy my answer? That's just unreal.
2: And I'll you give it kinda, a minus. You started care. off with a B and then you just kept talking yourself into a B plus. So.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, you so you're the B, the I'm names, the optimist B plus. Yeah. How do you not? Know, I put out a tweet on the Indy Pacer that kind of blew up and I tweeted every, all the stats out of, of our starting five and I think I did our top six players. And out of those top six, the lowest points per game was fifteen.
2: Yeah. I mean I, saw I can't that.
1: remember it th- yeah, I can't remember a time where where we've had all the starters with that high a numbers. I mean, if you got Victor around 19, you got TJ Warren at 18, you got Sabonis and Miles. I think we're around 14, I guess, so a little under 15. Uh, I just—it's
2: balanced. That's what you're saying. Basically. It's balanced.
1: Yeah. Yes, it's—it's it's just a balanced offensive attack. And then, like we've been saying uh, for a while now, uh, the defense is going to be scary. And I think Alex, you brought it up a little bit. Uh, Jeremy Lamb's length intrigues me as well on the defensive end. I have right. heard TJ Warren. His defense is, is something that he needs to work on, but uh he does. Yeah. I think he's just been so, in a
2: bad situation. So no question for me, I would I would what honestly, you, Alex? What do you
1: think?
2: I would go higher than what you guys said. I'd go A And here's why. Because Bogdanovich, you know, he got it extended for four years. Those last two yep. years he's gonna be a little bit older. He's not gonna be bad, I don't think, but he's not, he's gonna be on the decline. He was not gonna improve anymore. Man, he got paid. He did. He got paid eighteen plus. So that was over what I wanted to pay for him. Corey Joseph's making, like, $13 million a year for the Kings. Totally <laughs> pay for him. Thaddeus Shung's at a good price. I think that's probably the best $41 million, right? For three yep. years. I mean, that's a good deal for him, about $13 million as well. So thirteen point yep. five, fourteen million. $14 I mean, I'm fine with that. Carlson retires, so you don't even have to worry about that. <laughs> Kyle O'Quinn nope. goes to the Sixers, which is whatever, 76ers. I mean, I'm fine with that. Uh, Wesley Matthews, I mean, honestly, that might have been the best pickup out of all those league minimum to the bucks
1: i wanted to keep wesley i I really
2: did i didn't i thought he was i thought he was part of the problem last year in that celtic series great defender but he was just kind of like stuck on himself like thinking he should have been better than what he was and then i think tyreek is the other other guy we had and no offense but i mean he can't play this year so really you you lose basically four guys that mm -hmm. were in your rotation joseph young bogdanovich and uh, I mean, not even O'Quinn, really, because I'm trying to think of their one was Joseph. Who just uh, Tyreek's out. O'Quinn's out. You got
1: to, and then Collison retired.
2: Collison retired. So, yeah. So, I mean, yep. it's just one of those things where it's just like you're looking at that roster, and you're just like, man, what do we get? We got Brogdon, 26, got 27.
1: That, what, Jeremy Williams got better, got better than
2: Corey Joseph. Brogdon's yep. better than Darren Collison. And then
1: yep. I, Warren and Sabonit. Uh, did you see that tweet? They were comparing T.J. Warren and Bogdanovich's stats. And it was almost a mere image of both their stats last year. Granted, I know Warren's in Phoenix. Everyone's going to say, oh, yeah. I can score 18. I totally get it. I still disagree with that, and I con- will yeah, continue I disagree to disagree with you. With I with think
2: it's a little bit of the same it's thing with Tyreek
1: Evans because we saw Tyreek yeah. average
2: 20 points from Memphis last year.
3: <coughs> Teams that are it. tanking. I get it.
2: And he didn't play but, like, 40-plus games last year either. So, and Bojan did True. it for a whole right. season. So, yeah, it's intriguing to see the numbers match up, but how will he fit right. in with McMillan's system? cool fact though north carolina state that's where mcmillan went to when he was in uh college and that's where tj warren played for so Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a connection Uh there and they've probably kept an eye on him for a little bit i think mcmillan has ties to his uh college there as well so a little bit intriguing there but yeah a minus for me i just think they got younger and they upgraded their talent and they didn't get bogged down with any of these massive contracts to big name you know to older players and then you can Honestly, say D.J. McConnell's basically yes, going to exactly. replace Corey Joseph in a sense, but Hall will be yep. taking that role. So honestly, I just think they have improved
3: overall, but they just almost definitely... across
1: the board. Yeah, I mean, well, I before think they have improvements pretty
3: much. I would so liked to keep your,
1: going on. but
3: yeah, your to your point. Out before we wrap up is that what we got was youth. You know, Victor Oladipo is our franchise player, and right. we are going in with guys. Five of our top eight players were older than Victor Oladipo, and they're all free agents and they're all gone. Now, what we've done. We've surrounded Vic with these young, you know, full of potential guys that are going to push this team into the future and help grow the Victor Oladipo. And they're not mm-hmm. going to hold them back. So, you know, I think what they're doing you know, this year might be kind of a learning curve. I still think they win forty-five to fifty games, finish top four in the East, and uh, I you think know, the next said year the, too. No, he number said two second. in the East.
1: You said second. I will two.
3: You you said second two. They'll finish two in the ace. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna back off that. And don't back off. If that's how you feel,
2: yeah. be confident. one yeah, is so, th- L- talking right. About that ledge. That's
3: right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Two is is my uh, is my. Is no, my insurance pick is top four. I still think they're going to keep. Insurance pick. G- what is this? Alex We're D- not all him coming
1: back down. This isn't coming back down to earth. This is just a pay. called
3: Banker's Life. Isn't Banker's Life an insurance company? Um, they're not going to be
2: Banker's Life anymore.
1: No, it's changing. I know.
2: I'm hoping for a Connecticut Fieldhouse.
1: Are we going Connecticut Water changes,
2: field House? That'd be, that'd be dope. Or we can oh call it the God. Indy Pacer Fieldhouse.
1: Hey, exactly. i
3: like Let's do it. Let's do it. So, I, like, oh, I, I think like Pacers it, talk. Oliver i
1: will send you the bill.
3: <laughs> yeah, you can just bill me. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, fellas. Man.
2: If there's, I think that's going to wrap it up for our podcast here. I thought we yep. covered a lot of stuff here about 50 Absolutely. minutes into the show. So 55 actually. Wow. So went a little bit longer than expected, but I think we gave the fans here a little bit of content, some things to think about. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at setting the pace three and at the Pacer. And do you guys have personal
3: accounts? I do. Yep. So my, uh, this is Oliver. and My Twitter is OG underscore CHS. So what's that, what's that stand for? <laughs> OG is my initials. So, yeah,
2: obviously. But know uh, that...
3: no underscore is Charleston. I am I, I live in Charleston. I was born and raised in Indiana until I was in my twenties and then moved to Charleston. So um I have adopted CHS.
1: Okay. All right. Charleston. Alec, what's yours? Do you have one? Mine is way more simple for the guys out there. It's Alec Ramsey Ten. For the ladies and gentlemen out there, I don't put my city. Mr. Conservative.
2: <laughs> oh wow, well, well, breaking news right now: uh, Trey Lyles is agreeing to a deal with the San Antonio Spurs. Now that Marcus Morris has officially went to the Knicks, so there you have it. We will not get so to we'll out.
1: We'll take him off that list, but uh, All right. maybe TJ does TJ leave? Does TJ leave? Is he just going to luck into these <laughs> these minutes for the backup four? He
3: hey, who knows? Him. Either way, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Don't don't
2: count out anything with the Pacers. My sleeper pick is Jay Crowder from Memphis, but. Ooh. that's that's the guy I like I would that like. we'll see what I happens like but all right Pacers fans we we'll gotta happens. get off hope you guys enjoy the episode make sure you follow us on setting the pace on twitter setting the pace three if i can talk i've been talking too much you can follow me on twitter at alex golden nba and make sure you check out pacers talk.net where you can hear all of our latest episodes and if you're a fan of apple Podcasts, you can subscribe there leave us a nice rating interview no more Uh, less than five-star ratings for a free podcast. That'd be really nice if you could just up that to a (laughs) five-star and just let us know what you all think, and we'll talk to you all later, Pacer Nation. Alex, thank you. You have no problem, guys.
3: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends,
2: whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.